fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel, here with my holy co-hosts. Holy hosts? Here with the holy host. <laughs> nice. Sacrilicious. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm Chelsea Hollowell. A grizzled old nun that just wants to make sure that her recruits don't die out there. Oh, well, that's actually really good and helpful. Yeah. I have a heart of gold, but I'll never, you'll never catch me fucking telling them about it. Exactly. Yeah. They all hate me, but I love them, each and every one. <laughs> that's right. Are you <laughs> in love with them? Who's to say? I'll never tell. That's fair. I love them and I want to protect them. And to show them that I'm tough still, I kill some of them. <laughs> For their own safety. For their own safety. Yeah. If we don't kill these nuns, they're going to die. Yes. Decimate <laughs> your troops. Oh, no. For our listeners, we just changed once again the definition we agreed upon of that word. I know. Decimate? <laughs> yes. Well, it has multiple... Definition. It does. I think it only has one definition. It means to reduce by 10%, right? That mm. is the original definition, and it officially has multiple definitions in the dictionary. Look it up, people! It sounds like nerd talk. Yes. Somebody that we know. No. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Somebody listening right now. I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're. That's probably a safe... Uh, poll you can use that will never yeah. be a problem. Yeah, that will never hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah, it's you listening right now. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, prescriptive vocabulary is totally a thing. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a little bit about myself. Uh. I'm Jack Olander. Now, you may have heard of steel steel toe work shoes. I'm a divinium toe work <laughs> shoe. Oh, shit. Yes. I was uh, Jesus's carpenter boots. Oh. Yes. That's Dude, practical those... and nice. I didn't know they had steel toes back then. Yep. Those are real demon stompers. Yeah, they are. Mm -hmm. They are. I call my red boots my demon stompers, but you have the real deal. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, uh, it's more like, you know, for for carpentry. Oh. You know, for being on a work site. But demons, yeah. So, like... I guess it does that. Demonic lumber? <laughs> yeah, if, if you had, like, a like a Satan wood, as it were. <laughs> and you know what? It You protect people's bottoms of their feet from unholy nails. It's true, yeah. Is that from a devil tree? Probably. Yes. It's my uh, favorite type of tree. This reminds me of that Buffy episode when she gets attacked by demons uh, while she's trying to work on the job site with Xander at the construction site. Oh, that's so sad. And everyone, or at least a handful of people, or the manager at least, Foreman, really liked her. After mm -hmm. some initial trepidation about having her on the site because of patriarchal viewpoints about uh, women in the workforce. Yeah. But, you know, he was ready to get past that, but then the demon thing really fucked it up. Hold on a minute. Did you say, Jack, I just caught this, that you work with Jesus, JC? Uh, 
Uh, well, uh, yes, yes. I haven't seen JC do anything that would make me think that he does any kind of labor. Yeah, well, uh, you know, he he, he was on the workforce for a number of years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about, of course, JC from Warrior Nun, the show that we're going to be discussing here today yeah. on Satire TV, which is what you're listening to right now. And what that is, is our usual programming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where we talk about movies, fantasy movies. That's what we normally do on Swords and Satire. But on Satire TV, we talk about television shows. Right. And this show we're talking about, again, as I just said a second ago, is Warrior Nun. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> And guess what, guys? This week, we got a banger, because we are discussing season one, because that's the only season there is, episode three, Aphasians 611. That's right. But before we get into our deep and thoughtful analysis, I think Chelsea has a quick summary ready for y'all. Here we go. So the church is kidnapping again, am I right? <laughs> what are we doing? We're glorifying the Crusades. Woohoo! I saw this one coming from a mile away. Confirm a die. Hey, Deus vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Ava wakes up in captivity after she was kidnapped by the nun squad in the last episode who now have an official name yeah we learned they're called the order of the cruciform sword and they go back to the first crusades in the 11th century boo boo crusades when a female warrior was first given the halo and she started the sisterhood because you know the crusades were fought against actual literal demons yeah uh-huh and quote-unquote uh, barbarian. Yes, I believe in the show they are referred to as barbarians. Yeah, that's a problem. We're so, going to get into that. So I'm really hoping that we're leading up to some big problematization of those themes and messages in the show itself. I'm so worried. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. So yeah, uh, Father Vincent is trying to convince Ava super hard to stay with them. Come on! You know how priests talk. Come on! <laughs> Do he, it! <laughs> kinda. I mean, he doesn't tell her that uh, Cardinal Doretti is in the background basically threatening her death if she doesn't comply. Father it, Vincent is all honey. Is it just me, or does Father Doretti have big Palpatine vibes? Oh yeah, it's true. Um, let's see. Meanwhile... Jillian and Christian from Arctech. Arctech. What do they make? Who fucking knows? Arctech. Tech. Portals oh. to hell. Yeah, hell portals. <laughs> yeah. Hell portals. You know what? Big market for hell portals these days. You guys, uh, you know why? You know why there's big markets for hell portals these days? Why? Look around you. <laughs> I'll take the hell. I thought that's where we were living. Oh, exactly. Also from Arctech, adopt a possessed child. <laughs> oh, God, it is true. Arctech, glowing shields, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm How do they glow? Fuck if we know. I'm kind of sold on that, actually. So, um, 
those two <laughs> figure out that uh, a woman on their fucking camera feed. <laughs> sometimes I have a to, woman. Sometimes I have to swear to get the words out. Um, yes, that they we must wield great power because they see that it's powering up the Divinium Shield. They don't know her name. They find out from JC and friends that it's somebody named Ava. They really snipe uh, JC and his friends. They set him up with this sweet deal on a abandoned or like unoccupied summer home. Like they know that JC's whole shtick is going to these unoccupied summer homes, and they Jillian's like, "Yeah, they 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 really give him a honeypot." Mm-hmm. And then Jillian's like, "Hey, it's all good. Have a good summer here." So. We bounce back and forth between them trying to track down this woman who they find out is Ava and Father Vincent talking to Ava about the history of their order and the woman who founded it, Ariella, um, and trying to show her that there are a lot of correlations between the two of them because Ariella got the halo when she was about to die from uh, Adriel, the angel, archangel. Good old Adriel. I don't know who that is. Maybe I'll look it up. Someday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's about it. And then um, right when Father Vincent thinks he's getting through to Ava, he turns around after he signs some paperwork, and she's gone, and she knocked over all of his books and stuff. That rude. She could have just phased through it all. And she's like, I want to live. She left him a note. So, I mean, I don't blame her on that point. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't want to be no nun stuck in no convent. I want to live my life. I want to go dance. Why can't we just dance? Can I be the dancer nun? <laughs> Not everyone was meant to take those sort of vows, those restrictive vows. Yeah. And, you know, to just kind of, like, preempt our discussion that's about to come, to be fair, Ava is not a fighter, and they kept stressing how her new abilities could be used for combat, and she told them many times how she's not a fighter. She was literally a paraplegic a week ago? Yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously, the Halo is giving her impressive physical capabilities. But I don't think it's just going to teach her Kung Fu like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Mm-mm. But maybe we should or get into will the, it. the discussion so we can talk about that. Maybe, but I just want to point out one more important thing that happens in this episode. Mary fucking murders a dude. Oh, just yeah. straight up. Yeah. It's true. She murders the mercenary guy who... She does find out that he set up their... Brigade, their squadron to be to kill Shannon, the and original it, or the previous warrior nun. And he pointed out to her like no other nuns were even hurt. Their target was Shannon. Yeah, it was a tactical strike. Yeah. So that was big. And then fucking Mary just shotguns this guy off of a cliff. Oh, she baits him. Yeah. Yeah. As so if that, that makes it feel, okay. Yeah, so she can feel justified. Yeah, yeah, she's like looking up at God like, we're cool, right? A <laughs> C See, he was bad. Yeah. <laughs> Stand your ground. Oh, yeah. God. Anyways, why don't we get into the discussion? <laughs> On that cheerful note. It's just like Jesus said, if you provide your enemy with a weapon and they take it, you can kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta know your scripture. Yep. I mean, that is one of the main themes I wanted to talk about in this episode is justification of violence. 
Yes. Nice. And, um, yeah, so one of these examples of this in this episode is when, like you mentioned, Jack, Mary throws the gun to the guy, and she had had him at gunpoint at the edge of a cliff. Nice touch, he says. <laughs> yeah. Threatening <laughs> him to tell her what had happened to that night uh, and what was going on with that battle. And um, she acts like she's going to let him go and she's walking away. She throws him a gun. It's unclear at first what the motivation is. I think she's like giving him back his gun. Right. And then he raises it to shoot her and then she shoots him. But it kind of seems like she's unsurprised completely. Like she knew oh. he was going to do that. And she was doing that just so she would have the justification to kill him. One thousand percent. That doesn't seem very pious to me. What do you think, Jack? I mean, it's a lie before a murder. If she had just shot him, it would have removed the lie. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been more ethical. Fewer sins is better, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been led to believe. (laughs) If she had just shot him, he'd have been like, whoa, that was stone cold. Later on, Ava says to them, like, you, you guys are getting mad at me when Lilith is, like, hitting her for swearing. She's like, you're getting mad at me for swearing, but... You guys, you guys murderers. kill people. Like, I thought it was thou shalt not kill. Yeah. I, I actually really wish that this show was a little quippier so that after Mary shot the dude and blew him off the cliff <laughs> that she would have looked like sitting there with the gun out and still gone, thou shalt not kill. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, God forgives, but I don't. Yes. Yes. Like, this show needs uh, quips. Yeah, it really does. It would fit. I I feel like they're doing a good job of setting the tone. I mean, Ava has all the quips. I know, and that's fine. She's <laughs> a she's real not, puffy type. Yeah, if she's not in the scene, though, you're right. Like, somebody else needs to take yeah. up the mantle sometimes. <laughs> Mary is the killer, right? Yeah. 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 It would be so good if she was just a complete tonal shift character. <laughs> Where there was like a gray filter over the show every time she was on screen. Nice. And like as she shoots, it goes into slow motion <laughs> and stuff. Actually, that would be wild, yeah. actually. And to your point, like she might start to shift because we got a, a very short scene where Mary and Ava meet near the end of the episode. Mm. And they have great chemistry and they're joking mm. with each other. And we didn't really see that side of Mary before. No, she's... Well, she has had a good kill, so she's got her blood up. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, this is a side point, but you're right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually... That's something I want to see more of. Yeah, Yeah. Mary's cool. Uh, Yeah, they had a good relationship right off the bat. She was the friendliest person. And and Beatrice. Beatrice Uh, is a little cold at first. She came off a little hurt. She yeah. lost her friend two days ago. Yeah. Mary is a bit more of the cold calculating type at the very least. Yeah. So another example of this focus on violence is how everybody in Commits the, violence. <laughs> in the <laughs> order is focused only on the combat capabilities that the Halo will provide Ava. No other like healing abilities or other like clairvoyant abilities she might have or anything else that might be more helpful or supportive. If they were monks in an RPG, they'd be more the brawler monks as opposed to the, you would think they'd be like the monastic monks, but they're kind of not. They're, spiritual, you I, mean? Yeah, like spiritual, like, I mean, I guess they're kind of doing some of that stuff, but we're not seeing it. We're seeing like 24-7 kung fu training. Their spiritual side is kind of... Sp- 
strictly focused on the dogmas of the religion. Yeah. Yeah. Not really the Not faith the, like we were saying or, in the last episode. Or like the philosophy. Right. They don't really seem to be like they're into that. Yeah. And I think that is maybe an intentional choice. And it's based on stuff that happens in this episode, actually. Because Ava points out something really interesting that I was noticing, too. How these are warrior nuns or younger women who are like the soldiers, but the highest members of the church are all men. Of course, like that is the Catholic like church the highest hierarchy. Members hierarchy or the highest members, like they're toking in the back yeah. room. <laughs> I mean, possibly both, but like Doretti and Vincent are men. And then yeah. Ava points out like, oh, this is a monastery for women warriors, but there's a statue of a dude right here. Yeah. So what's up with that? And no, Vincent, she was like, the patriarchy has won or something. Yeah, so I think I might have said that. No, no, she had a <laughs> oh, line Oh, did she say it too? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. She's like, ah, patriarchy, like, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. I think that maybe we are seeing an intentional choice by the creators of the show to say these women are kind of being controlled through the methods that people control, like, soldiers and stuff. Yeah, because... Everybody in the order is kind of taking it for granted, but Ava, the outsider, is pointing it out, and she's our perspective character, so we're meant to sympathize with her opinion, or her perspective, at least. And um, so she she's kind of like our voice. Yes. but So I do, do want to point out, I just said that the church hierarchy is mostly male, but we do meet, right now, I'd say the most influential <laughs> woman in... The group who is Mother Superion. I I loved that name so much. I didn't know that that was her name in the comic too, which apparently it is. But uh, so usually it's Mother Superior. They that's like the highest ranking. Not in this nun. gritty <laughs> reboot of Catholicism. I loved it, Mother Superion. It sounds like a fucking robotic nun. Yeah. Oh, yo, what if she's a robot? Oh shit. Yeah. Maybe that's why she's so cold and heartless. <laughs> yeah, the um the sister nuns refer to her as Cruella de Jesus. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, so clearly they do have a sense of humor. Yeah. Like, Ava's not the only one with quips, so that's what I'm saying. Mary's got to have some kill quips. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I'll give them the benefit of a doubt. This isn't their finest hour. <laughs> Seeing as they just lost their friend. That's yeah. fair. Shannon. Yeah, they're all a little mopey about that. Their <laughs> chosen one, even. Yeah. They're using a you little know. bit of humor to, like, ease in, but they're, they're not on their game, is what you're saying. No, they're not being as accommodating as they might normally be. Also, like we, like we said, Ava's supposed to be replacing their friend. And so, like I was saying when we were watching it, it really doesn't matter who Ava was. Is she like it could have been anyone who got the halo and they would have given them an an unwelcome yeah. Yeah. greeting. I think you know? you're right. But there is an extra bit of stink eye coming from <laughs> Lilith who was supposed to be getting the halo next. Okay, yes. so we got to segue into this, but I do want to finish the conversation about violence, but yeah. let's take a little tangent here because you're bringing up something that's been bugging me. You guys know. I've been talking about it. Is it a centipede? <laughs> a scorpion. What? He said it was bugging you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I took psychic damage right there. <laughs> yes. Bardic <laughs> powers activate. 
It has to do with Ava and Lilith, okay? The other character on the show. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> in the last cup... <laughs> okay, so... Did I derail your point? I'm sorry. We were in the last couple episodes of this show. We were making a big deal about JC's name. Mm-hmm, that's right. Uh, we, we, just so in case listeners forget, it's that this character could be somehow a reference to the character of Jesus Christ. Right, JC. Important figure in the Bible, which this series is ostensibly inspired by. And we did mention before how Mary is also a, you know, callback to the Bible and Lilith. But we f- didn't fucking mention Ava, which is the Latinate version of Eve. Mm-hmm. And so, Eve was also important in the Bible. Yeah. She's like, you know, the mother of all humans. So, so when are we going to meet a character named Adam? Because it's going to happen, right? It's got to happen. It's, it's got to happen. Yeah. But he'll be like a villain or something. But Probably. So Eve is derived from a Hebrew name, which means living one. Life giver or breathe life. Ah, to give life. Right. And um, so in the Bible, in the mythology of the creation myth, Ava and Lilith are also kind of butting heads there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk more about that since you're the Christian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, typecast much. Well, I mean, I could, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to like say if you want to jump in. Another specification. I doubt you jumped into the third episode of our review of this show. You might have. You might have. But Lilith is from a much older non-canon version yeah. of Genesis. And when we say non-canon, we mean that in the classical sense. Yes, it's true. Fanfic? Would you say it was fanfic? Uh, I'd say it was, uh, probably oppression fic. (laughs) I'm not a fan of oppression. No, no, no. Lilith was sort of, uh, well, she was supposed to be Adam's first wife in this retelling of it. The first woman, and Adam was like, hey, God, why'd you give me this uppity wife who won't do everything I say? Yeah. And... Yeah, what's the fucking deal with that, huh? I mean, she wants to be on top. Yeah, it's true, right? What? We all want to be on top, don't we? <laughs> I thought if you conceive when the woman is on top, you give birth to a bishop. I heard that. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that, yeah. I don't remember what that's from. <laughs> Tell us on our social media if you know, listener. <laughs> Tell us if we're offending you in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, you know, Lilith, she's an independent person and isn't just a slave to her husband. What a radical concept, especially uh, back then. Yeesh. You know? Yeah. And Adam's like, God, I, come on. My slave is oh, acting God. up. <laughs> and so God <laughs> in this story is like, you're right. Hey, uh, Lilith, you gotta do whatever Get he out says. Of here. Yeah, Lilith is like, Fuck you, You're God. Out. I have the power of anime, right? <laughs> anime? Yeah, and then God You mean like, animism? Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then God is like, all right, well, you said fuck you. Fuck you, actually, right? <laughs> no, this is my garden. And casts her out of the garden, and she becomes yeah. a demon, yeah. the mother of demons. Yeah. Spoilers for this story from the pre-Bible. Yes, yes, it's true. 
Yeah. From like a 400-year-old, not accepted version of Genesis. And then a usurper comes in. A usurper, Eve, who is the much more obedient, preferable wife for Adam. However, From Adam's perspective. From Adam's perspective. And uh, she still does the whole Apple thing. So, you know... Uh, Adam just looks at the camera and says, women, am I right? And then it got canceled and cut out of the Bible immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this is a pilot for the Bible. I get it. Yes. And so our Ava is not quite like the biblical Eve in that sense. No. No. She's got a mind of her own and uh, she's not afraid to follow her heart. Mm-hmm. Although I guess Eve did a little bit of that too. She followed her heart to the tree of the knowledge of uh, life and death, or good and evil, life and death. I'm Boy, I should not be forgetting this right now. Tree of, don't you eat that apple, you <laughs> crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Have you even tried it? But it's so, oh, delicious. Originally, it was a pomegranate, right? And it's a misconception that it was an apple. Is that right? I think that... Pomegranate has kind of become like the modern depiction of a fruit that would have been um, native to the region that people believe might have been I thought it also where the had, story came from. I thought it also had something to do with a mistranslation originally as an apple, and then scholars recently have said that was wrong and that it's actually more likely a pomegranate. I think, I think the apple is mostly just from... Uh, paintings like renaissance paintings and onward into like um you know the cartoons that we all grew up on when you know all those cartoons that depicted the garden of eden yeah yeah it has to do with what is a symbol for knowledge in different cultures mm-hmm. and, and also western, what grew where yeah and in western european cultures um apples are symbols of knowledge like yeah. the apples of idun although that's not symbols of knowledge the apples of Idun from Norse mythology are what keeps the gods looking young and spri- uh, sprightly. And yeah. vital. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it helps them fuck, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, another thing about the apple pomegranate thing, uh, it, you know, if you're eating an apple, it's like, all right, uh, I'm, I have this impulse. I'm not supposed to eat it. I'll just take a bite out of it. Right. With a pomegranate, you gotta real premeditate that shit. <laughs> gotta, There's no spontaneous pomegranate eating, that's for damn sure. You don't yeah. just bite into that sucker unless you're a monster. But if you do that, please don't don't go. <laughs> Keep listening. Hey, we love our mad lads yes. and lasses. So and everyone else who's mad. Lilith and Ava in the show are kind of pitted against each other like they were in the myths. Yes. And our mads? It's over like their rightful place, who has the right to claim power? And I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this, if they're going to continue this rivalry, and what that's going to do to Lilith and how closely they're going to cleave to the myths. Because they yeah. do have demons in the show. Now, see, that's I'm glad you brought that up, because that scene where Lilith is kind of um, beating the crap out of Ava <laughs> was interesting, <laughs> because... yeah. Ava got under her skin when Lilith was hitting her with the baton. At first, it was kind of knocking Ava around. Then she realized, oh, you actually aren't hurting me. I think I'm just anticipating pain and assuming this will hurt. But I'm actually not sure if it does. And then she's just no-selling the hits. And then eventually, she just starts phasing through them. Yeah. And Lilith gets kind of pissed. 
And she's she's gonna go for a face blow, and then Mother Superior actually blocks it. Yeah. You know, this might have something to do with faith. This okay. power of hers, yeah. right? Because she's... Ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't know how to use it. In this episode, there are several scenes where she uses this phasing ability, which we've seen. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. She turns into sort of like particle smoke dust. <laughs> yeah. And uh, She bamfs. She like does. Like Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. That is a very good description. She does bamf. But she can't really control it. And a lot of it seems to come from, I guess you could call it confidence, but it's more like... Her acceptance of her abilities. I guess that is a sort of confidence. In- it's, it's like confidence or crisis. Yeah. Like need. Yeah. She need. doesn't know how to do it until she needs to do it. But right. she has faith that it'll work when she's trying to face through something when she's in a crisis. So. It's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's not unlike when you run off of a cliff, and as long as you never realize that you're <laughs> running off of a cliff... And you never look down... You're fine. You get to the other end. But as soon as you start realizing, wait, did I run off that cliff? And then you look down and then you stop in there for a minute and you bring up a little sign that says help. Has this happened to you guys? In <laughs> fact, it happened in Onward. Listen to our episode on Disney Pixar's Onward. <laughs> That's true. Yes. That's how magic works. Yes. But yeah, faith-based. There's that moment where she's like, wait a minute, you can't hurt me. And that kind of calls back to the name of the episode, right? Yeah, Ephesians 6.11, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. It's funny because when we meet Ava in this episode, or when we catch up with Ava in this episode, she's wearing armor. But this is... Osmium armor that blocks out the power of the halo so that the Tarask can't find her. But It doesn't block it from be- working. It, like, shields it from being detected. Yeah. It's like uh, putting it in a lead box. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's an interesting citation quote from the Bible there because yeah. it can be taken a number of ways, including just kind of Ava's ability to literally armor herself with the faith that the halo, uh, you know, the strength of the halo, the, the magic that it gives her. But then it also has bigger implications for her character development throughout this episode and everything. Yeah. I, I sort of dumbed it down to, uh, if you have grace, you are not without grace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like charisma. Like, if you got it, you got it. And if you don't, you don't. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I don't know. Father, out of the whole order, Father Vincent seems to be the only one who truly has some kind of faith, though. We started to see that in this Definitely. episode. And it, to be fair, it didn't really present itself very much early on. I would like to focus on that, because as you guys who've been keeping up with this know, <laughs> I don't think think the warrior nuns are necessarily representing their faith and spirituality very well. I, I, I kind of agree with you on that, yeah. You picked up on that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Now, hold on, Jack. We did find out that in this episode, the only one called the warrior nun is the one with the halo. It's The true. rest are just the order of the uh, cruciform sword or the OCS. Well, right. They're also called sister warriors. Or sister warriors, yeah. Yes. Is that like brother lovers? <laughs> um, it's probably similar. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> so the nun warriors, 
are not, you know, they're not the most faithful. They're not the most spiritually uh, in line with their own religion. Yeah. You could say. They might be being led astray by someone. <laughs> Who can say? But when we take a look at Father Vincent, like you were saying, he's someone who displays faith a lot. He's yeah. like, this is fate that Ava mm -hmm. got this, right? Yeah. This is God's will. Yeah. Yeah, he says maybe he, she was chosen by God. Yeah, exactly. And how do people react to that? They're like, oh, you son of a bitch. You could be right. They they like begrudgingly agree with him. They're like, it could be. I I think they just do that because they're like, oh, uh, I can't deny God's like will here in the church because that's a bad look. And I'm a cardinal, so I'll say I'll give you one chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't just him who begrudgingly no. agreed. No. Mother Superion was also like, uh, I guess. It's a real withheld. But all the characters are like, maybe it's God's will, I guess. Yeah. And they all treat Father Vincent like he's this sort of foolish idealist. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You're in a foundation <laughs> only built on ideals. Yeah, and faith. Yeah. It's like, wait. Uh, what? <laughs> Father Vincent is the one who gets it. Why are you all treating him like he's, like, the idiot? He's this crazy priest who believes that God talks to us or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but I think that is what it is. To some extent, I think that what we're seeing is that characters like Doretti aren't supposed to be portrayed as pious people. No. They're out for their own ends or whatever. Yeah. And going back to that, this is the episode where we find out an interesting backstory that the report about Ava's death when she died leading up to the first episode is that she committed suicide. Yeah. But Ava points out that she was a paraplegic. She couldn't feel anything. She couldn't feel anything. Out. So she, and they said, they, oh, you overtook your painkillers. She's like, I've never used, like she basically said, I've never used painkillers. I didn't kill myself. So we know that something crazy is going on in yeah. her backstory. It's probably, based on the first couple of episodes, it seems like it could be the nun who's in charge of... The orphanage. The orphanage, who might have poisoned her. I know, because whenever somebody asked her how Ava died, she would evade it and wouldn't answer them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we're seeing that, in this show at least, the hierarchy of the church, the, that we're seeing here at least, are often out for their own goals and selfish intentions. Father Vincent seems to be the one who's more on the up and up, who's more like, no, I, I see things as God's will. I, I see signs. Yeah, and I got to interject something. Like, because, okay, there's the Tarask, that corporeal demon that's powerful and can, like, slice people up. Just claw. There were those ethereal <laughs> demons that we learned in this episode are called Wraith Demons. And they possess people and make them do shit. Could workshop the name a little bit, but... <laughs> so now I'm just at the point where I, anybody who's, like, kind of an antagonist, I'm like, oh, are they possessed by a wraith demon? Like, I, <laughs> Oh, I'm, no. Oh, I hope it's not that. No. I'm kind of suspicious of everybody. I would rather they're just evil. <laughs> uh, Ava would be able to see them, right? Um, she can see them. We know that she can see them if they're not possessing somebody. I don't know if she can see them while they're possessing someone. I'm not sure. That's right. Maybe. That's right. We haven't seen yet. 
And they're, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's possible she can. We just don't know. Yeah. And so, that could lead to some wacky hijinks when she's saying that somebody's possessed and somebody else doesn't believe her. Mm-hmm. Oh, also one quick aside. I'm not sure if we mentioned there's a scene very early on where Ava starts levitating off of her, her hospital bed. That's yep. right. And the nun warriors are like, what the fuck? Yeah. The warrior nun is floating. Uh, Shannon couldn't do that. Never seen that before. Right. And apparently the different warrior nuns get unique abilities amongst themselves. Kind of I thought that was on, cool. Yeah. Based on their personality or their unique soul or something? Yeah. I was thinking, it like, if if the halo they got is from an angel, right? And it gives you the powers of an angel. Maybe you can fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody's ever tried it, eh? Ava was flying, floating. Yeah, she was. Do, I mean, do they just get all the powers of different X-Men? Does one of them have laser eyes? Because no. Ava can bamf. And she's got healing factor. It's true. And if one of them can right. fly like Archangel and gets like the wings, that means one of them probably has laser eyes. One of them could probably control the power of weather. Just I'm a, just spitballing here. Since we're <laughs> talking about this stuff, just one cool thing that's an effect is that they show on the Archangel and Ava when the halo starts to glow, she gets wings and the angel's wings, they are the same. They're made of light. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, very Diablo does yeah, that too, right? yeah. the Diablo games. And the thing about that is when she was scared at the beginning, after levitating and phasing through the hospital bed, her halo was glowing really intensely behind her. Yeah. So that, if it just formed wing shapes, fly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying. Same visual effect. Could be, yeah. yeah. Oh, except also for the listeners, she explodes as a result of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, but circling back to the cycle of violence and justification of violence, there's one more example of this, and it's basically the whole order itself. And how <laughs> founded during the Crusades, a yeah. time of horrendous violence. Wah, wah. And it's <laughs> It's their righteous mission they believe they're on. And to them, that justifies any amount of violence that they do, which we see mostly through their agent, Mary, as of now. But they're Mary, all, the mother of shotguns. They're all... Yeah. All of the nuns are trained combatants. They fight the forces of evil, not through faith and surrender, but through might and force. Through extreme violence. Yeah. And they feel like justified in this because they feel like they're fighting the war against the devil and demons. But isn't that the role of the angels? You know, isn't that what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Fighting I mean, demons and. Yeah. I mean, that's often how. I was going to say after Ragnarok, but it's after. Uh, <laughs> close enough. The end of the world. Whatever Armageddon. Armageddon. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I heard the one interpretation that the two human survivors of Ragnarok were Adam and Eve. And uh, that's I heard when that Christianity too, yeah. starts. I'm like, you're a wild lad. <laughs> and that Yggdrasil is like the apple tree of knowledge. I'm like, you're blowing my mind right now. I mean, it's a cool idea for fanfic. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I mean, that was Snorri's fanfic, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since what we have about the, what we know about a lot of the Norse myths are from fanfic, basically. Yeah. 
But it's like kind of anti uh, fanfic because he was like, yeah, but I mean, Christianity is like king. So I got to I got to change a few things here. Let me just get my quill out here and uh, make some connections. OK, here we go. Here's your Norse myths, everybody. There you yeah. go. But so what is stuff about Jesus in here? <laughs> the angel Adriel saved Ariella during the Crusades. But a lot of A names. They didn't like the angel didn't give her this holy mission. She like took it on herself to start fighting demons. Like I know what God wants me to do, and the angel's like, "Yo, I didn't say anything like that." Exactly. That's my point. But I mean, he probably wanted her to kill some demons. Maybe, but. He was just trying to get out of work. He's like, oh, I'm going to hire a, a vice president to fight monsters for me. Yeah. But the uh, the whole order is based on violence, basically. And they, they seem to feel like the ends justify the means of whatever they're doing. I feel like I bring up this line each episode where Jesus was like, you know, guys, you live by the sword and you live by the sword and you just keep on living yep. by the sword. Your foes will die by the sword. Mm -hmm. That's all right with me. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly how I remember it from Sunday school that I totally went to. Then <laughs> <And> he dabbed. <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> Thus spake the Lord. <laughs> And we've been dancing around it, but basically there is a major theme of um, fate and divine intervention. Which has been recurring throughout the show. Yeah. Because we don't know what Ava's role is supposed to be or if this is a fated thing that happens. But we do know from the very beginning that, like, there's no records of anybody else being brought back to life. Lazarus, as we call it. Yeah, I mean, Father... By Vin the halo. Yeah, Father Vincent... Tries to convince Ava that she's like Ariella, but they're actually pretty different. Like Ariella was <laughs> wants not, to fight. Was not dead. She was mortally wounded. She was dying. Mostly dead. <laughs> and she was saved by Adriel. And she was a warrior. She was a fighter. That that was her whole life. A soldier. I think Father Vincent's just kind of doing that thing where it's like, look, you're just like this person is really important to us. Come on. Like you have a place here. Yeah, you'll um, be fine. Ava, like, yeah, but she's like a totally different person and we don't share any personality characteristics or backstory. Yeah, but come on. It's close enough. Um, yeah, Ava isn't a fighter. She keeps saying that to them multiple times. She just wants to live her life and enjoy life. Liv Moss. Yes, that's right. That is her goal. She does stated life goal. She doesn't want to be in combat. She's making that very clear. Oh, and she was dead. She's resurrected. She has more in common with JC, the OG JC. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of an acronym. <laughs> Yeah. Oh also, the God. acronym you just used was original gangster Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty good. He was a gangster. He dabbed. He was gangsta. Yeah. Gangsta. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gangsta. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. If if I'm understanding the usage correctly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was flipping tables. Yeah. Yeah. And flipping the bird. Little known fact. Yes. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that was a sign back then, a symbol. 
True. The biblical fuck you. <laughs> God said fuck you. Dang. <laughs> it's when you really gotta reevaluate things. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we've had a lot to say about this episode. Why don't we move on to final thoughts? All right, Jack, what are your final thoughts on this episode three of Warrior Nun? Let me tell you my final thoughts on episode three of Warrior Nun. <laughs> All right. Ava's chilling. Everyone is being mean to her because they're mourning. And they're, they've been raised in an abusive environment. And, you know, they, they have hard lives. But Ava's just trying to live her best life. They scold her for her more favorable personality traits. They try to for they well, they kidnap her, try to force her into a box. They get frustrated with her when she doesn't like that. Uh, she, what do you expect? She's like, I'm in a box and it's uncomfortable in here. Yeah. yeah, let me out of the box. But that's sort of the cycle of abuse, right? They're trying to enforce it onto Ava. Yeah, they've it's been enforced on them. Yeah, exactly. Ava, though, Mother you, Superior was trying to nag her into staying. It's true. Yeah. Ava, however. She has a sort of, like, natural wisdom. The wisdom yeah. of, like, life. That's that good. live moss, you know? And she she can see the situation and says, you're wrong. Yeah. I don't have to do that. I'm going to go live my life. Like that note she leaves at the end, and she's gone. And I she does live. It's that confidence you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, as you're saying this, it really does make me realize that Ava and the other none warriors do have a lot in common because they've all been prisoners their entire lives. It's true. Oh, yeah. Ava was a prisoner in her own body. Is because... this your final thought? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Ava was a prisoner in her own body because of this car accident that, you know, made her, unfortunately, just have to rely on other people for everything. And then yeah. she lost her family. She was abandoned and in an orphanage where the head nun fucking hated her guts. Yeah. Probably killed her. <laughs> Probably killed her. I know. And the warrior nuns, like we we meet uh, sorry, we hear from Beatrice, one of the, the nun warriors, sorry, that her parents are politicians who are very old fashioned. They kind of sent her to the monastery. I don't know if they know that she's a murder machine or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we we just see that like the 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 young women who are the nun warriors kind of also don't have a choice. Are kind of also stuck in this life without their own autonomy to make choices. They're at the power, they're at the mercy of the heads of this church organization like Father Duretti. Yeah. Father Vincent's looking out for them, but he is clearly on a very short leash because Duretti, we can see from this episode, Gets to make the final call with everything. He seem he and Vincent seem to be friends, and he seems like he's going out on a limb for Vincent, giving him this time to try to reach Ava. But there, it, only, it seems like there's only so much he can do because he has people he has to answer to. There's this whole chain of command. Yeah, and I'd love to see a scene where it gets all the way up to the Pope that the new warrior nun is a problem. He's like the new what? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Padre. <laughs> Your holiness. So for me, I'm 
kind of thinking about what, and we didn't really talk about it too much. We mentioned it, what Jillian and Christian are doing at Art Tech. Yes. And how they're going, they're basically behind the scenes cornering Ava. And we don't know what their true motivations are besides to like study her and her relationship to Divinium. And they probably want to make a lab rat out of her. That's my assumption. They want to turn her into a portal, I assume. Maybe, but... <laughs> oh god. They want to do what to my portal? <laughs> <laughs> so they have gotten to Ava's new friends, JC and crew. And the apostles will call them. Yes. <laughs> and they are basically going to be turning them into agents for Arctic. They cornered that group of friends and said that you know, we basically know what you've been doing and that you've been squatting in all these houses and that you're basically stealing from these rich people. Like, it's a thinly veiled threat. If you don't give us information on Ava and help us out, we're going to basically turn you over to the authorities or whatever. Portal you into hell. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got them under their thumb now. And, if, and Ava left the convent, so she's probably going to try to go back to her friends very like I mean, I'm, I was that was the very first thing I thought when she was gone. I'm like, well, I know where she's going. She's not going to yep. know that they're actually now agents of Arctech, most likely. But unwilling. Yeah, but um. I think there's going to be some tension. She might end up in the hands of Arctech at least briefly because of this. Oh, absolutely. She's probably going to see that kid again. Oh boy. Oh, at the orphanage. Yes, maybe. No, no, not no. the orphanage. Oh, the one oh, in the laboratory. Oh, Arctic. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The one that was creepy, staring at her, and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. I hope they do a Saint Martha thing where she befriends that kid. That would be great. That would be very nice. Saint Martha befriended a literal demon. So a possessed guy—that's like easier. That's nothing. That's baby nun shit. <laughs> <laughs> baby warrior nun mm. yeah. oh man guys i got a new spinoff <laughs> the crossover we all wanted warrior nun and boss baby <laughs> we've been waiting for this moment yuck yep no well before no. we <laughs> was that vader i like that yeah before we finish up i just want to give like just on like a performance note these actors sell these roles so much charisma. Oh, yeah. Every episode, I'm like, yes. I am really invested in these people. Yeah. I really, I, I like every portrayal. They're like the right level of big and subtle. They feel like real people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. They're fleshed out. Yeah. And they they have great chemistry around, all around, pretty yeah. much. Very yeah. compelling. So totally. I, I'm really excited to keep watching with you guys and yeah. to Me keep too. talking about it. Yeah. But that pretty much does it for us here at Swords and Satire. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would head on to your favorite podcatcher and give us a review. Reviews really help new listeners find out about the show and help us get out to more listeners. And we want to reach as many people as possible so that they can hear our love of fantasy movies. I mean, what better way to spend your time, right? Yeah, totally. And uh, I just convinced someone. Look. <laughs> and you can also follow us on social media at Swords and Satire on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You could follow us on those on those platforms and get some sweet memes. 
because Jamie writes those, and they're awesome. They're really Aww. good. And if you really want to support us, you can always head over to patreon.com slash swords and satire and set up a monthly membership where you can choose your tier and get all kinds of awesome bonus content, like some hilarious outtakes. Yeah, we were just listening to a few outtakes episodes before we recorded this, and we were in stitches. Yeah, it turns out we're kind of funny. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> At least we entertain ourselves. I mean, that's the bar. <laughs> if I can clear that bar, then I'm set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you can't afford that... You can always go down to your local cathedral and step into a confession stand and tell your local priest to listen to Swords and Satire, your favorite podcast oh, about God. fantasy movies. Oh, God. And your priest will be like, no shit, and then hold up their phone with it open on their Spotify or whatever podcasting service you use. He's like, in one ear is your confession, the other is Swords and Satire. Not gonna lie, I only heard like half your confession because I'm <laughs> listening. But when you said Swords and Satire, I was like, laser in. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, hail crumb out. Oh, I probably shouldn't say that in, in where we are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's still a good show though. x on the Omkre. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this booth is heating up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put your hand to the screen and say, don't worry, I feel it between us too. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, Hail Crom!